characteristics of the Spirit, and kindness is one of them. And Justin Markovsky is going to be teaching this morning about kindness. And Doug's yelping like an injured dog helps us to sort of recognize how exciting the Spirit can be. I'm going to pray and then turn things over to Betsy Giselle, who's leading us in worship. God, thanks for um, for family, for community, for friends, and for the joy of being on a journey together, because it can be difficult, and it's great to have companions on a difficult journey. Would you journey with us this morning, here in this room, and our friends on Facebook Live we take just a minute to recognize the reality of your presence, though invisible, you're here. God, help us to recognize your being with us. Such a great statement i will be with you and that matters more than just about anything thanks for being with us we harness our will to recognize the with usness of you this morning in jesus name amen the spiritual fruit of kindness one of the struggles I have with kindness is um, trying to balance kindness with, like, shrewdness. And I feel that tension every time, like, someone asks for money, especially someone I don't know, someone on the street, and you're wrestling with, is this kindness? I mean, what's this look like? How do I be kind and yet shrewd? And balancing kindness and shrewdness, that's, that's a trick. Um, Janine and I have known Justin Markovsky since he was a junior in college. And he went to Cairo on the Global Urban Track in 2001. And then Janine and I led in 2002 and brought Justin along as a staff. Justin, you've got that balance of kindness and shrewdness. Even when you say no, it feels like a kindness. You know, there's... So... um, We were living in a garbage collector's community in Cairo, Egypt. This was a Coptic Christian garbage collector's community. And Janine and I got to know one family and their their tin roof on their scrap uh, brick house was falling in. Snakes were dropping in from the roof, and it was a mess. We're like, well, what's it cost, Uh, Oma Romani, the woman who lived, the matriarch there? To fix that, it was like, you know, $15 or something like that, U.S. Oh, well, like, we can fix that. And so we just gave it the money. Kindness, right? Kindness without shrewdness, let me tell you. It was a mess. She used the money to pay off a debt that she had. The owner of the place was, you know, once he heard, super excited. Great, they're going to fix the roof that I own, like, that he should have been fixing. And contracted a carpenter or whatever, so when we come back the next day or whatever, it is just uh, a, a melee. 
So the owner's yelling, and Omarant Romani had spent the money. <laughs> she had paid off a debt. The carpenters that he had hired were there. They were yelling um, kindness without discernment, without shrewdness. Uh, well, at the same time, Justin and another one of our students was getting to know another family in the garbage collector's village, and their walls were not complete. And actually, rats were coming in and biting the infant that was lying on the floor. And they're like, oh, this isn't good. Uh, what's this cost? And they're like, oh, it's like, you know, $15 or whatever. Here's where they, the kindness and shrewdness worked out for Justin. Oh, that's a problem. We could help with a little bit of it, but not the whole amount. They're like, oh, that's a problem. We don't have the rest. Well, there was a carpenter in the community. He's like, well, I could donate my services. You buy the materials. And like, then the family's like, well, I think we could probably come up with the... So anyway, as it worked out, this, this was a beautiful picture of kindness and discernment. Justin, the student, could have paid for the whole thing. That wouldn't have been maybe the picture of kindness, or there's this kind of mix that I find in Justin. So he lived with us after that for about nine months. And like his kindness is still um, an impression on our kids. All three of them grew up with Justin for this period of time right before he married Anne. And as we were going through the different uh, fruits of the Spirit, like, okay, uh, We've got a couple of open slots, kindness. I know exactly who to ask. That's why I asked Justin to come and teach about kindness because I see it displayed in him so fruitfully. Let me pray for you, Justin. God, thanks for the decades of friendship we share with Justin and for the ways in which his kindness and shrewdness have shown up um, in my life. Now would you give him what he needs um, to convey to us what Jesus you're teaching him in this area in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Scott. It's good to be here at FCBC. This is a community that I love, we love. Uh, Some of you who have been around for a long time uh, maybe remember our family was... uh, kind of sojourning with you all in 2010, most of that year, um, and, and that was a sweet time and special for us uh, still, and relationships that we have in the room and in FCBC's history sort of precede that and then continue on today. So it's good to be here uh, with you in this capacity. Uh, I don't uh, I don't teach much, so this is fun to have the opportunity to to give this a try, appreciate the invitation, and um, kindness is the the fruit of the Spirit. You guys are traveling through uh, Galatians together, and the fruits of the Spirit, and and this is the one that I uh, have been charged with. with. And so uh, Jeff and I, or Brian and I, I don't know who's the clicker, are going to be trying to team up uh, with each other. I might just say next to advance some slides uh, that I have that are also kind of my notes uh, for the talk, but the, I guess, title, they asked, like, do you have a title for it? And I didn't, uh, but I thought, love is kind. Let's be kind like God is. So there is the title of, uh, of our talk today. Um, you can go next. So I'm going to pray as well. 
for us. <laughs> yeah, you guys will be able to get it before me sometimes. Uh, Father, thank you for um, just this moment, this morning, and what's already been just acknowledged and celebrated, uh, your living presence uh, with us, within us, among us. And we just invite you, just remember Pastor Shane always praying that you would do what only you can do, and that's speak to and touch every human heart in the room. And God, I, I invite you to do that. I invite you to find us where we are and speak to us um, in ways that you alone can reach us, uh, even with your kindness, even with the kindness of your love uh, this morning. And so would you let what I share uh, just be uh, anointed by you and received in open hearts and minds? Amen. Um, so you can go next. Uh, so kindness. Uh, we got a couple images uh, that I asked my sons last night if they could help me identify someone. I had Mr. Rogers come to mind, uh, kind of in the kind <laughs> camp. Uh, I don't know if maybe there's people in the room who don't know Mr. Rogers, but uh, uh, you should look him up if you don't. Uh, he is a... Uh, renowned kind man and I'm going to actually set a timer for myself I was told originally that I had 30 minutes and then Jeff Pahorsky uh, graciously said I have two hours and so I'll uh, I'll balance somewhere between uh, between those uh. <laughs> um, no so you know Mr. Rogers and Gordon Ramsay what is it Hell's Kitchen I'm not familiar myself but at least his persona on that show I'm told, is not the kindest character in the world. And my question of us, just as we're reflecting together on kindness and how we have experienced it and encountered it in our lives is, who is, I, I mean, who is the kindest person you know? Who is somebody that you know that is kind and that stands out to you as being someone who's kind? And then reciprocally, who is your Gordon Ramsay? Who, who is somebody that you have encountered in your life that um, is, is not at all kind and has not been kind to you? And so just see if, see if you have someone or someones that come to mind uh, as, you, as you consider that. And um, as we do, you know, I ask the question just, and I think it's a straightforward one, self-evident, I imagine, but which do you prefer being with? Um, you know, who would, who would we choose to spend time with um, if, if we were choosing? And um, so we can go to the next slide. And, you know, I think, one, I recognize that we all have different experiences from birth, right, of the context in which we have entered the world and encountered kindness or not kindness, and I just want to say and acknowledge how significantly like forming and shaping that is in and of itself for each of us. And so whatever our answers were to, you know, kindest person, unkindest, it, it could be that one 
both of our parents were in there and the, the, the weight of that sort of experience that we've had of the kindness or unkindness of uh, parents is, is, is so significant and I'm not going to uh, touch a lot on that, but I just want to acknowledge what I think is profoundly true and recognize that if it is unkindness that we have been met by in entering the world through one or both parents, that that is a significant um, wound and brokenness that I believe wholeheartedly God um, wants to himself meet us in and transform and redeem our experience of um, kindness and love in family. Um, but that's a journey, and I just want to acknowledge that. And so um, what I have here is, uh, you know, kindness in, in our time. There are, I think, a lot of virtues, values that have become maybe debatable and there's different camps that either still agree with, you know, the, the, this is a good value or some have been subverted and there can be totally uh, different opinions and perspectives about sort of what is good, what is not good. But I think kindness is sort of remaining as a virtue, a value um, that is pretty universally preferred. I don't see a lot of you know, anti-kindness people or anti-kindness campaigns out there. And so we'll just, you know, as a little bit of evidence of that, we'll just flip through, you know, relatively quickly a couple um, signs that I have seen in bumper stickers, in yards, you know, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. Um, fair enough. Uh, next. Just totally bare bones, just telling it, be kind. Uh, this actually, I looked it up because in Sauk City and uh, Prairie du Sauk community, there were a, a, a ton of these signs in yards there. And I was curious why particularly. And there was actually a, a teenager who had committed suicide um, there, I think a year ago. Um, and uh, parents uh, of that child had initiated this campaign be kind um, as sort of sort of the backstory and context of uh, um, their their teenage son's uh, suicide actually and so so in Sauk City just down the road from Madison uh, this be kind campaign um, is is all over yards and businesses uh, right now and so next um, another familiar sign uh, in Madison here list of List of things and the the capstone kindness is everything. Uh, so we we see um, kind of repeated this message uh, of kindness as something to be chosen, something to be uh, aspired towards. And and then the next sign isn't uh, or the next slide isn't a, a yard sign, but I was just in one of my neighbors at Troy Gardens. Donald um, is taking kind of 20 years of his. Uh, psychologist training and kind of permaculture interests and, you know, just things that he has um, cared about and blending them into a new business venture and what he's chosen to sort of title that uh, in his inaugural launch is kindness for a change. Uh, and, and so here we see again uh, kindness, you know, just the appeal to kindness, the uh, um, desire 
ability of kindness uh, being kind of promoted and marketed. So, so next slide. Um, so if we're all agreeing to be kind and we're all pretty much saying, let's do that, why isn't the world a kinder place? Um, I'm imagining that there's not refute of the fact that there's a lot of unkindness <laughs> that uh, daily uh, floats about, whether on the the roads that we travel uh, and, you know, maybe some cutting one another off and the responses and the jockeying that takes place uh, on roads to the the internet where uh, I don't spend time, but I'm told it can get a little bit toxic and a little bit unkind uh, in chats and comments and uh, social media outlets. And so, so it just seems like a little bit of a paradox and a little bit of a contradiction uh, how universally we promote and celebrate this idea of being kind and yet we don't encounter uh, kindness uh, in our daily relationships as the norm. And, and so um, you can uh, go to the next slide. Here are some of my thoughts about that paradox, that contradiction, um, as I considered it. Uh, you know, some of why I think we promote kindness but don't enact kindness is we don't know ourselves. Um, we don't know God. We don't love like God does. We don't know how to change or that we need to, uh, perhaps. And we don't listen to God. And so this is not an exhaustive list. This is not, you know, comprehensive. But those to me are some pretty significant uh, aspects of what's going on in our lives and in our world and in our human communication and interaction that we, for some or a combination of these reasons and more, um, don't live out what we purport to value. Uh, and so I want to explore that together a little bit. Uh, just for, for me in this talk, I just wrote, I, uh, in, uh, Paul wrote to Timothy, you can go to the next slide, just I appreciate just um, kind of stepping back and you've given me a microphone and an opportunity to share, right? And for me in teaching and being asked to teach on kindness, I really like what Paul said to Timothy in his letter to him of instruction that the goal, Paul's goal of instruction was love, he said, that comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. And so I would say for me, like if you want to hear my goal in teaching this morning about kindness is is love, is that love would grow um, within us, that love would grow from without of us and that we'd be better equipped to understand how that can be so and how we can uh, become kind like God is kind um, as we uh, sign our desire to be so. So um, next slide, uh, you know, further on just the connection between, I know love is listed as its own fruit of the spirit, but in the scripture, kind and kindness is used like 600 or more times. And a lot of times loving kindness, like 
is, is the word or the idea that it's talking about. And so there's something unique uh, to kindness that attaches itself to love, that kindness is not only its own fruit uh, as love is, but that it's directly related to, to love. And so we just see, you know, Paul saying kind of famously that love is kind as he's describing kind in his letter to the Corinthians. And then John in his letter that he's expounding on love, uh, he, he says God is love. He just makes that simple uh, pronouncement, God is love. And so, you know, philosophy 101 or logic 101 students would be able to take those two statements, you know, <laughs> uh, that love is kind and God is love and combine it and recognize that God is kind. Um, and to me, that is a foundation for our both exploration of kindness and then a starting point to begin being able to become kind persons, uh, kind beings, is to encounter God in his kindness and to experience and recognize uh, that that is the reality of, of his person, of his being. And so we can uh, go to the next slide. And I mean, Jesus, Jesus is the example. Uh, Jesus as a human perfectly shows us what God is like. And so if we just said that God is love and God is kind, we can best look at Jesus to understand what we're talking about. What does it mean to be a person who is kind? And so the Gospels uh, are sort of your homework, <laughs> as it were in this case, to, you know, study out Jesus looking particularly for, in this case, uh, this fruit of kindness in his life, in his instruction, in his modeling uh, human relationships. And so, you know, we see, I cited Hebrews and Colossians where it's presenting the fact that, that God in his fullness is represented uh, perfectly by Jesus and then we see these different examples that I cite of stories where Jesus is encountering people and the manner in which he's encountering them. And each one has um, a, a lens or a snapshot of the kindness of God, the kindness of Jesus on display um, as he deals with us in our condition. And the condition that you know different ones find themselves on this short list is a leper, so who had a you know, physical illness that also cut them off from community in their society at the time, right? So um, you have Zacchaeus, who was despised as a traitor in his culture, and um, you know, he was sort of the proverbial tax collector, <laughs> uh, you know, rejected. And, and, and Jesus saying, I must stay at your house. Jesus going to, uh, towards Zacchaeus instead of shunning him, instead of joining the popular culture's rejection of him as a traitor to their people. You have the Samaritan woman, a foreigner, uh, a woman in that culture, you know, where most of us familiar with that would not have been an exchange that occurred, 
Uh, there wouldn't have been communication even between Jesus, a Jewish man, and this Samaritan foreign woman. Uh, and yet Jesus initiates a exchange with this woman that he ends up revealing himself uniquely and personally as the expected Messiah to her before um, indicating so to to most anyone else that he'd communicate with. And so again and again and again, uh, we, couldn't, we can see Jesus um, interacting with people. And oftentimes in this list, you know, a woman with chronic bleeding, uh, again, that disqualified her from being part of some of their community's uh, sort of religious and ritualistic activities. And, and, and Jesus is touched by this woman. She, I think, is first touched through stories by this hope and this possibility that Jesus just might be who she's needing to come in contact with to find healing, even as she's had 12 years or 18 years of life in the condition that she had in doctors and nothing that she had yet experienced or encountered was able to um, resolve her condition and and she hears stories of perhaps the kindness of Jesus as well as his willingness right to the leper lord if you're willing you can make me clean i'm willing well again we see the the willingness of Jesus to um make uh this person clean um even while he's arrested he you know touches one of the people who's come to arrest him, his ear, and says no more of this uh, violence uh, as one of his disciples had uh, struck the person's ear and on the cross uh, in his last moments of life to those who killed and mocked him. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And so, you know, just I think, you know, leaving here and as we continue to consider kindness, continue to consider what God is like and is he kind and how do we know that he's kind and how do we see that he's kind? Uh, we can look at Jesus and see over and over again what kindness looks like in a human and what God's uh, loving kindness embodied itself in Jesus and moves towards us and enters into our circumstances, whatever they are, our brokenness, marginalization and need and and touches us and can transform us and can restore us both to health but also to kind of community and relations in the society and culture that we live in um and and so um you can advance the slide we could just binge on that oh wow um looking at my time and just keep looking at Jesus' life and example and be inspired by his kindness. And this is good and that's what I'm you know, charging us with. Let's do that. Let's keep looking at Jesus and his example. Yet it must touch our hearts and lives too. Uh, I said, remember, we're seeking to experience transformation, not just hear about it um, and to actually become more kind, not just put up yard signs. And so, um, you know, how? How do we do that? Uh, well, next slide, I say a principle of the kingdom of God, of reality, um, I would submit, is you can't give what you haven't received. Um, or put positively, you can only give what you have received. And so I've got a couple examples of scripture, you know, Jesus saying freely you have received, 
freely give, right? We love because he first loved us, says John the Beloved. John the Baptist, a person can receive only what is given from heaven. And so I think that's a starting point and a foundational kind of error that we can have as humans going about the business of trying to be kind is not recognizing the our impoverished state of lacking kindness and the experience of kindness that can then touch us such, fill us such, sort of saturate our beings in a way that what naturally is going to flow out of us is the kindness that has touched us, the kindness that we have been touched by and experienced. And um, just briefly, for my story, I just want to say how I've been a disciple of Jesus for 25 years. Uh, I was a freshman, 18-year-old, here at UW-Madison when I was born of God. God came into my life. I experienced what I had heard about um, previously, but my sins being forgiven, for me it was that conscious decisions that I'd made to violate my conscience, you know, and kind of break the moral framework that I was familiar with. I had violated, I felt guilty. I felt a weight of that guilt. I didn't, until this evening that I had gone to a worship and prayer meeting at the catacombs down on Library Mall. I I had not experienced for myself, though I'd heard about forgiveness and heard about uh, the love of God and had some, you know, sort of glimmering uh, examples pointing me towards there being reality in that, that was beginning to awaken a desire to, to, to search that out. But for me, I experienced... God taking the weight of my sin, removing it from me, making me feel uh, forgiven, making me feel new. I spilled out into the nighttime sky and said, God, if this is what you're like and this is what you're willing to do, forgive me even though I consciously chose to sin against you, then I want my the rest of my life to be knowing you because this is amazing. And... I'm 25 years later wanting the rest of my life to be knowing God because his love is amazing. His kindness is amazing. And I, I brought, I didn't, I couldn't find this morning quick. I brought a journal where the story and the song, like so many through those college years and, and beyond, like I could just journal entry after journal entry through those years of me experiencing tears as God was touching my heart in different scenarios, through different relationships, through different encounters with his love and my desperate need to be touched (laughs) by his love um, and kindness. And and, um, the, the song that, you know, just goes with, these stories of personal experiences, Hundred Portraits was a band, um, and they sang, when you found me hiding out, I thought you would take a hammer to my brow, but you pushed away the crowds and cried and pressed your lips against me. And, and 
just the sort of surprise uh, movement of God in mercy towards us that doesn't bring the hammer that we expected and the hammer that we maybe have experienced, but instead mercy and the merciful loving kindness um, that, you know, that same song continues on into the chorus, love is patient, love is kind, mercy moves me every time. Uh, and I love the song and I love the truth that it, uh, that it testifies to. And for me, uh, next slide, you know, just my testimony, if I could spend a day with you and kind of break out the journal and talk about the times and ways that I have just in my sort of desperate requirement <laughs> of God, uh, like untangling my soul and meeting me in places that I've needed him to, uh, that God has been so, so patient with me and he has been so, so kind to me. And hopefully 25 years into this, experiencing these, you know, patience, the, the patience and kindness of God, Hopefully, people in my life uh, are experiencing a bit more of the kindness of God, a bit more of the patience of God, right? Like that would be um, the way I hope that it works. <laughs> and, you know, just for me, like just my boast has been transferred from anything that I can take credit for um, to the goodness of God, the grace of God, the way that he is, the way who he is and who he's been to me, like has been the source and the foundation of any kindness uh, that is found in me that is sustaining and that will last. And so for me, I just, I acknowledge my weaknesses, you know, I acknowledge I haven't yet been perfected <laughs> in this journey yesterday afternoon with Owen, my 18-year-old, uh, who's not here. He uh, reflected to me that I was being petty uh, with him, uh, you know, aka unkind uh, in our exchange. Uh, and, and so, you know, work in progress, absolutely. Uh, but I'm thankful for the work uh, that has begun. And so I just say, next slide, you know, it still can be a struggle, right? It's still a journey. Justin, yeah. Um, could you give us the name of that song in the group that sang it before you? Yeah. Um, yep. I'll I'll look up the name and tell you for sure. Um, so it's yeah. You can interact and thank you. I will. Um, yeah. So you know, it still can be a struggle. Uh, this transformation business this becoming like God, this being kind day after day. Um, and it can be a slow process, of renewal of mind, of change. And what I want to you know, shift into a little bit is there's a battle internally and externally, whether we like it or not. It isn't just us willing ourselves to be kind, I would say. So next slide, slum summary. I think I'm going to skip that, but... Um, we, we, well, we all want kindness. We see Jesus representing God, revealing God as kind. Hopefully we recognize that there's a need that we have to experience kindness at a heart level, to be 
begin being able to be people who, from a heart level, express kindness. Um, and next slide. The context of the fruit of the Spirit passage that you guys are in, Paul writing to the Galatians, is written here, parts of it, Galatians 5, 13 through 26. I'm not going to read it all. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. And he's talking about that. And he's creating this, he's writing about this significant contrast, uh, second paragraph, you know, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. Um, he continues to list acts of the flesh, which are obvious, he says, and then he lists fruits of the spirit, which you guys are going through together and uh, celebrating rightly how desirable and beautiful these fruits of the spirit are. Um, but there's conflict, and it isn't an automatic thing, Paul says, that we can know these fruits and live these fruits. Um, and so the next slide, you know, good news is we are brothers and sisters called to be free. And we are uh, called to be transformed and have these fruits of the Spirit become the fruits of our life. But there is a conflict and a contrast and we still contain even after we've encountered the forgiveness of God, even after we have experienced and received the spirit of God coming inside of us, we still have what's called in this section of the letter that Paul's writing that we find our you know, whole sermon series, the flesh and the spirit. And so I have written some things about the flesh and the spirit from this scripture and other scriptures that you can look at. Um, but the big idea is that they both are still found within each of us and that they both still can be in operation. <laughs> and it is our invitation to be, to be recognizing that and sowing into or choosing into or intending, practicing the way of the spirit instead of the way of the flesh. And so there's a big list on my next slide. We're not going to read through this. But I mean, if you look at what is associated with the flesh and what's associated with the spirit, it's a big list. And I'd say none of us want to camp out on the left side in the left column <laughs> of life in the flesh. And all of us want to camp out on the right side, life in the spirit. We definitely hope that those in our lives are camping out on the right side, life in the spirit, because it will be way more pleasant and go better for us when that is the case. But it is not an automatic thing that even knowing God, even being born of God, even receiving the spirit of God to live inside of us that we just without effort, without intention, without practice, become like God in the fruits described. And I mean, I think we all recognize that in our experience, but scripture and Paul is trying to help us understand how we can be, come like God, how we can be transformed so that these fruits 
are the fruits of our life, are what other people experience increasingly as they experience our presence, just as people who experienced Jesus did when they experienced his presence. And so I'm going to take a couple minutes of overtime, if I may. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to put another timer so it's not too many minutes of overtime. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, so, another principle of reality, I write, is that whatever we feed grows. So, we are to, there's all kinds of New Testament language for how we go about this, right? This choosing life in the spirit, not choosing life in the flesh as it's described extensively. Um, but we're not to do just whatever we want, is one statement that this Galatians passage particularly says. We are to recognize this conflict uh, and this inner source of even kind of evil desires and passions. And we're to consider ourselves dead to these desires um, as part of what Paul's prescription is in the letter to the Galatians. And then four different things he says in this passage alone. We're to walk by the Spirit. We're to be led by the Spirit. We're to live by the Spirit. We're to keep in step with the Spirit. And so these, I, I think the recognition uh, is that in Scripture over and over again, this morning I had like a half hour walk before came, coming and I, I just had Jesus' own words saying that his words are spirit and life. And he was um, speaking, well, his words are spirit and life. His way is spirit and life. The flesh's way is death and destruction, so much scripture says. And if we look to the next slide, one other, just this is all over the place. It's all over the place in the New Testament in Titus, Paul's writing. And he's specifically, you know, referencing that at one time, his audience were enslaved to all sorts of desires and pleasures. But when the kindness of God, our Savior and his love appeared, they experienced something different. You read the words now or if you want to or jot down the reference, but my reflections, my big, you know, just recognition as I was asked to, to teach about kindness, to teach about this fruit is that one God is kind, and if we haven't experienced his kindness, then let's ask for it. Let's recognize that it's out there, that it's available, and let's um, seek God to have him show us that he is kind and how he is kind. And then in terms of what Paul's writing about in the letter of contrasting the conflict that's within us that we need to recognize that there's this conflict, that we don't want to be living on autopilot. We don't want to be uh, putting up signs or assuming that even as Christians, we're just going to be 
becoming more like Jesus or expressing the fruits uh, that he expressed and that he invites us to experience and express, but that he shows us and teaches us um, in this letter of Paul's, in uh, the Gospels, in the rest of the New Testament, how we can have our minds renewed, how we can have um, our life sourced in the Spirit so that we're tapping into and living out of that new nature instead of staying stuck in the nature that all of us inherited and all of us still have in us if we're not purposefully choosing to live out of the new nature that we have inherited, that we have received as gift uh, and that um, that God has shown us is available. And so um, I'm going to pray for us. And then Scott, you can come and finish this off, right? With announcements, I think. Father, thank you that you have shown me in my life over and over again that you're not what I've expected, that you're not what is still conditioned into my subconscious <laughs> uh, in so many ways that show up in my life uh, still today, that you're not disappointed in me, that you're not negatively disposed towards me, that when you look at my life, that you look at it with kindness. And Father, I am convinced that when you look at every life here in this room and listening uh, online, that you are looking with different eyes and different evaluation and different judgment than we usually expect and have typically been taught and experienced. And I pray, God, that the gift to each of us today would be a new hope or a deepened hope that you desire to show up in our actual experience with kindness, with patience, with love for us that will transform us as we experience you. God, would you, Holy Spirit, touch our hearts and help our minds become renewed in the revelation of your kindness that becomes our intimate experience. And God, I just ask that you would just teach us to be on this journey of in the conflict that exists between sowing into choosing to source our lives in your spirit or source our lives in our own inherited flesh that you would keep training us and equipping us to source our lives in your spirit. Thank you for your word that helps us renew our minds and understand uh, how to live in the world. Amen.